Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hey, hey. How are we doing? It's back. Teen Mom is back. Oh, let's talk about some news before we get into it. Caitlin and Tyler had their baby, which was that two weeks ago? I don't know. Time is truly meaningless at this point in my life. I am in the thick of it between school and my internship and podcasting. There's a lot going on. It's hard for me to keep track. Oh, and also like my full-time job. (laughs) Speaking of podcasts, uh, I'll plug my Patreon before I get started. Go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains and you can listen to me talk about all types of non-teen mom shit. Last week, I did an episode on Jerseylicious. This weekend, I believe, will be a Real Housewives of New Jersey season three episode talking about the christening, which I have famously said is possibly the best Housewives episode ever. Like it, it's a top three for me. That shit is wild. Absolutely wild. So come join me on Patreon. You get access to like 150 episodes that I've done. And yeah, okay, let's talk about Caitlin and Tyler had a baby named... I think it's Raya Rose. Now, it's spelled R-Y-A. So there has been some speculation. Is it Raya? Other things. I assume it's Raya, like the dating app, but also the movie, that kid's movie, like Raya and the Last Dragon. Is that what it's called? I would imagine that's probably been a staple at their home with their two little kids. I know my nieces like love that movie, so I'm assuming it's Raya. I wish it was Rose, to be honest. I really love the name Rose. I think Rose is like a classic, beautiful name. Um, but Raya is fine. It's probably out of their names, I like Veda the best, then Raya, then Nova. It it's fine. It's like pretty non-offensive to me. It's not a name that I would pick, but it's not like, it's not a Lux. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which by the way, Lux has really grown on me, but it that is still like the most stunning thing that's ever happened. I would say Rye is on the better scale of teen mom baby names for me. Like it's definitely above all of Chelsea's kids' names. Um, It's way better than Maverick. I love the name Jade, but I just wish it didn't have the Y. <sighs> I guess, yeah. So like out of, you know, it's no, it's no Ensley. <laughs> it's no Kaiser. So yeah. Is Raya like the best name I've ever heard? No. Do I still wish they had named that baby Zelda? Yeah, of course. Zelda Rose would have been so fucking cute, but no, they did not listen to Feathers in My Hair. Clearly. <laughs> Thank God. Please never listen to my podcast, Caitlin and Tyler. Anyway, I'm happy for them. The baby is precious. It looks just like her sister's. All of those kids look a lot alike. I will say they posted a picture of Veda recently, and she doesn't look as much like Nova and Carly. She's getting a toddler face, and so she looks different now. Veda's kind of the, I don't want to say she's a lost child. I don't think that's fair. I just think that, like, there's not as much room for her on the show, and I don't particularly follow their social medias, so I don't really see her. And I think on the show... There was so much Nova because she was the only baby. And now by the time Veda is here, Nova is like kind of acting out and actually also at like the perfect age to film because she's like old enough to be expressive, but she's still little and cute. And so I think Veda is kind of 
just not getting shown as much, you know, second kid problems, kind of like how I'm sure if Chelsea was still on, like Lane probably wouldn't be shown as much. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I personally don't think it's like a favoritism thing. I just think that it's the way that MTV films them. But anyway, welcome to the world, baby Raya. And the other news is that Leah has a boyfriend. She went public with a boyfriend this week on Instagram, and he's cute. His name is Jalen. He is 25. He recently graduated with a master's degree in cybersecurity. That's after he served time in the military as a cyber officer. He's handsome. He's quite handsome. I'm thrilled for her. I mean, I'm I'm genuinely happy for her. I will say she posted like a photo shoot announcement, which just her influence our life is just really funny to me. It's just so silly. It's so silly. His Instagram account is definitely also like a little bit of a wannabe influencer situation. You know, like he's definitely posing a lot in his pictures and his feed is quite curated. But I also think that's the case for like a lot of people of that generation. I'm like that generation, like I'm so much older than him. I'm eight years older than him. But with the age of technology, eight years and the way that we behave online can be pretty significant. So he doesn't have kids. I don't think he's been married before. I'm really happy for her. I get, I think he, I know his master's was from the University of West Virginia. Is it? No, it's West Virginia University, right? WVU, West Virginia University. Yes. Um, so that's where his master's is from. So I'm assuming he lives in West Virginia. I saw him post something that he gave um, a talk somewhere on like the future of cybersecurity in West Virginia. So I guess he's making West Virginia his permanent home. And I think that's awesome. I hope that Leah, um, I hope that Leah doesn't move too fast with him. (laughs) Is he probably already living with her? Sure. (laughs) But you know, Leah's done a lot of work on herself. And as I've talked about extensively on this podcast, and I hope that she's able to have like a happy and healthy relationship. I hope that they move slowly. I hope that she doesn't move her children in with him within the first couple of months. <laughs> I'm not sure she knows how to take relationships slowly, but I don't know. Maybe she actually like met a healthy guy who will also want to take things slowly when it comes to her and her children. So, you know, here's hoping to that. I'm excited for her. I'm curious to see how the show will handle interracial dating because he's black and I'm not I'm trying to think if we've had I guess we have I mean Kayla obviously I'm curious though if they're gonna make that a thing on Leah's segments you know like if they're gonna make it a big thing now I'm like realizing there have been a couple interracial relationships on Teen Mom and there's Corey and Taylor I don't need to go through lists of all of them, but like, I'm just curious to see if MTV is going to make this like Leah's thing and now have her, because we know they've been making her like Miss PSA. So like, is now she's going to be Miss PSA on this as well? Um, I hope not. I hope that they just naturally show them dating and just being a couple. And I hope that they don't try and like PSA interracial dating down our throats via Leah Messer of all people. I'm not sure she needs to be the spokesperson for anything, but I guess I will be curious to see how MTV handles this situation. Um, And finally, something fucking exciting is happening in Leah's life. 
her story has been so boring and I would love to see Leah like in a happy healthy relationship I really do hope like this is the guy for her I mean look I don't really ever feel like I hope that this is the one. I hope you get married and you're together forever. I don't think that's like a very healthy mindset to have about anyone or anything. You know what I mean? Like people are people. People change. People grow apart. Just because you don't get married doesn't mean you didn't have a successful relationship, et cetera, et cetera. But I know that is something that Leah wants for her life. So I hope that it's something that happens for her. And I hope that this guy is the one that it happens with. And also like... If she wants to have more kids, you know, she's 30 at this point, I think, twenty between 28 and 30. This guy's 25. Like, if, if that's what she wants, then I hope that she's able to get that. I think she said she doesn't want more kids, but I also kind of think, like, that if she is with someone who wants kids, she would be willing to have more kids. And honestly, I would love to see Leah in a marriage or study relationship with a child involved in which she like actually gets support and has like an adult healthy situation going on that isn't something that we've seen from Leah before and I think it'd be really nice to watch on TV so mazel tov to her uh, you know he's tall he's handsome he's smart seemingly like kind of seems like the whole package <laughs> I'm pretty impressed I like there's really nothing to snark on. I think Tomlin left a comment like I have absolutely nothing snarky to say. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like this is a really good thing seemingly because I hate it. Like this is a good thing that she has a boyfriend, but like that she wanted a boyfriend. She wanted a partner. So I'm happy for her. I think that's it for Teen Mom News. Um, I know there's shit like going on with Janelle at all times. So you guys know I'm not really I'm just not keeping up with her now that she's on on the show and her life with David is just too dark in a way that is uninteresting. And I like darkness. You guys know that. But like there has to be it's the Goldilocks thing, right? Like Janelle is too dark to keep up with, although she did come across my TikTok for you page. I am pretty fascinated by her TikTok career. She gets hella views. Like, she gets a lot of views. She gets a lot of likes on her videos. I'm assuming she's making, like, okay-ish money off the creator fund. I don't think... I think the creator fund on TikTok, from my understanding, is really inconsistent. But she is a blue check mark, so I wonder if that helps her. Um, I've seen a lot of people, like, question why Janelle has fans on TikTok. And I think it's pretty simple. I think the majority of the people who consume her TikToks are people who watched one or two seasons of Teen Mom, right? Like way back in the day, don't remember anything about her except for her mom screaming in Kiefer. And now they see her pop up on the Instagram, excuse me, on the TikTok. And she's married. She has a gaggle of kids at her home. She posts Jace a lot. I think that if you don't know anything else about her, she's like enjoyable enough to watch. Um, as far as like the racism stuff, a lot of people are racist, so they don't care, right? Like that doesn't turn people off and that they like want to believe that she's a better mom. I, I think that people like want these deep explanations as to how anybody could possibly like Janelle on TikTok, but I think that for us teen mom heads, it's really easy to forget that like Janelle is 
especially out of like the teen mom world, Janelle was one of the most recognizable. So she's definitely has a lot of like name and face and voice recognition going for her. And then then people just like totally stop paying attention. Maybe they heard about the nugget thing. You know what I mean? Like maybe. And so now she's on TikTok doing dances. They like that she wears bikinis despite the fact that she's gained weight. I was going to say plus size, but I don't know if she's plus size. I don't really know. I would assume she's still wearing straight size clothing just based on like my body and what I can wear based on like vanity sizing. <laughs> Buying clothes is wild. Anyway, um, yeah, so she, I see Janelle updates all the time on Reddit and I mostly just skim past them. I just don't care to hear what evil thing her and David are doing. So thank God, though, T-Mom Young and Pregnant is back. That's really exciting. By the way, I know Madison is an anti-vaxxer. You guys can, (laughs) I've had like 100 people DM me like, do you know she's an anti-vaxxer? Yeah, I know. In her fucking Instagram bio, it says anti-vax. I... I don't know, but <laughs> what's there to say about that? <laughs> like, I, I guess the question is, should MTV be giving a platform to somebody that is like so openly spewing anti-science beliefs? But then once again, like the ethics of Teen Mom, right? Like where does MTV draw the line? MTV doesn't really draw a line at all. They just occasionally decide who they want to be fired and who they don't and so like I I don't know I care that she's anti-vax and that I care that anybody's anti-vax right like I want everybody to get the vaccine I'm essentially the opposite of an anti-vaxxer where I'm like can I get two booster shots (laughs) like like give me that booster shot give it to me now and just throw a second in like I, I mean fully protect me I get my flu shot every year like I am not in any way an anti-vaxxer obviously but I'm not sure that I can x out what's the word I'm looking for x put no that's not it I'm not sure I could just like put the energy into like really focusing in on that when it comes to Madison um obviously like when it's relevant I will talk about it just like when it comes up with kale I talk about it But it's not the thing that like, I don't know. I think with some things and some people, it's like, I don't even want to talk about her because of the way that she's anti-vax and she's spreading misinformation and she's a bad person. And like, I totally get that. That's totally fair. I think I've just reached like a, just like with the Janelle stuff, I think I've reached a fatigue level when it comes to the anti-vax of it all. I find it really exhausting. It honestly like depresses me in a way that I have to like disassociate from and all I can do is get my vaccine get my booster encourage everybody around me to get it interact with vaccinated people like I I can't have this podcast every week me ranting about Madison being anti-vax I just want to like put that disclaimer out there like I do not support this when it comes up I will talk about it I think she's a fucking idiot I think that her the shit that I've seen from her is literally dangerous. Like, I think that it's dangerous for her. I think MTV giving somebody a platform that's spewing this dangerous information is shitty, but I also think MTV giving a platform to almost every person on this show is shitty. (laughs) You know, you know what I'm saying? So we'll see. I also noticed in the preview they showed, or like the beginning, they showed 
a girl named Kayla J, which by the way, LOL, like Kayla still gets to be Kayla and then the new girl has to be Kayla J. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, there's a Kayla J, but she wasn't in this first episode. So I guess they're going to introduce her later. I don't know. We'll see. But I was really glad I was back. It was a fun episode. Let's talk about OG and then I'll talk about Young and Pregnant, I guess. I guess that's how we should do it. Um, who do I want to start with on Team Mom OG? I guess I'll start with Mackenzie McKee, who had, kind of, I mean, it wasn't like that great of an episode, right? Like, but also, were we expecting it to be that great of an episode? No, of course we weren't. Not really much is going on in Mackenzie's world right now. She goes to Oklahoma to see her dad. She surprised him with Josh and the kids, which was really nice to see. And their family is very concerned that her dad is not taking care of his health. If you'll remember, he's a diabetic and he recently had like a bypass surgery. Um, her sister is saying, so one of her sister's name is Whitney and I don't know what the other one's name is, but I guess she's a dietitian, which I didn't know. So that, that was interesting to find out or cool to find out, I guess. But they are finding like stashes of food in his room and he's just not taking care of himself. And I think it's a mix. I think what they're concerned about is that it's not just that he's not eating well, it's that he's clearly very depressed and they're worried that he's just like not going to take care of himself as a result, which totally makes sense. I think they're in a really hard position where now they kind of feel like they have to step in and bother their dad. Um, Mackenzie's dad is very simple, it seems like. I think, obviously, Angie just, like, wore the pants in that family. I think that everything she wanted was what happened. I think Brad, like, did not think about life beyond, like, what his eyes could see. You know, like, I think he woke up every day, went to his job, like, did whatever his wife told him to do. Like, was I'm not saying he's, like, stupid. I think that he just, like for 30 plus years because they got married very young he has not had to like really take control of any situations and so not only has he lost his wife who he loved and was his best friend and his other half but he's also lost the person that like directed his life and now I think her she and her sisters feel like they're in this awkward position where they're like not totally sure how to intervene because he he is a grown man right and he's also like he's not old I think he's in his early 50s like her parents are young so and so it's not like he is like there he's not like mentally incapacitated where they have to step in and can take control it's nothing like that so I I have a lot of empathy for them um I did notice her brother-in-law was wearing a shirt that just said Jesus in capital letters. And then both sisters had on shirts that said faith over fear. I'm assuming they run some sort of Jesus apparel clothing company. I saw at the gas station recently, I pulled up to get gas in the car next to me. When I tell you every open space of this car was covered in a bumper sticker that was talking about Jesus. And then the guy that was driving it looked like, honestly like a motorcycle guy no like a bodybuilder guy I don't really know how to totally describe him and he was in like a bright orange shirt that said Jesus on it and a hat that said Jesus (laughs) it's like this feels like a little much (laughs) like there's something about it that it's like okay so you like stand Jesus (laughs) like that's what it is right (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what it reminds me of, like being a Jesus stan. Like it's just you can wear a cross. Like I, I feel like that's enough. I, I the walking around in a shirt that just says Jesus on it to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't quite understand it. Um, at least the faith over fear has a message, right? Like a slogan. <laughs> Just simply Jesus to me is it's merch like you're wearing Jesus merch and that's funny like that's funny. (laughs) Oh God. They also talk about like the fact that he needs to be exercising. They even said like when Angie was alive like she gave him his shots. So I don't even think he like kept track of his blood sugars like I think Angie totally did everything for him. He says like, you know, some people have said I need to see a counselor, but like, I don't think I'm depressed. And they're like, you're depressed. (laughs) I feel really sad for him. He said he cries multiple times a day. I also think he's feeling a little attacked by the kids, which makes sense, right? Like, because they do have to kind of take this assertive position because they're worried about his health. He just had a major heart surgery. And so... He says something like, I'm not going to get over her. And her sister is like, nobody's asking you to get over her. Like, I, the last thing I want is for you to get over mom. But like, I need you to be able to function and take care of yourself. Which, yeah, because he's very young. He could live for another 40 years. Like, <laughs> and that, like, even if he doesn't like make it that old and his health isn't that great, like, easily he's got 25 to 30 left like he has a life ahead of him and I'm I'm kind of surprised in a way that he isn't um dating now not because I think he's over Angie but men who are in happy relationships supposedly I don't know how fucking accurate this data is but you always hear this right that men that were in happy relationships will get into like will remarry very quickly after their wife dies I think just in general men remarry very quickly after their wives die and a big part of it is that they don't know how to take care of themselves and they need a wife to come in and cook and clean and manage their lives um that's like a a really big part of it especially if they have kids they need a mom to come in it's fucked up but that it's the truth that's what I have always heard and read I'm sure there have been studies about it and so I'm kind of surprised that Brad hasn't um like that nobody has no women in their community have like leaned into him and like kind of (laughs) wiggled her way in as support I honestly don't think it would be the worst thing I think that he is clearly very lost at sea and I wonder if having a partner would really help him um, and it's not that he like has to get over Angie and obviously like he shouldn't get married, just get married. That's not what I'm saying, but yeah, I just feel so sad for him. He seems really, really depressed. And I'm glad though that the kids are like straight up being like, you need to go to a therapist. Um, they offered to have one of the sisters bring food for him, like just drop off a week's worth of food for him, which I think is really great. He's really lucky, you know, and Mackenzie is really lucky. Um, I know we talk a lot of shit about her siblings and her mom and blah, 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 which is deserved. But like she's very lucky that she's able to live in Florida while her older siblings like really take on the 
the burden of caring for her father. She's quite lucky that way. If she was an only child, I'm not sure she could be living in Florida. Like, of course she could be, but when you have other siblings that can help man, like manage taking care of a parent, even though Brad doesn't necessarily need to be taken care of like a, it's not, like I said, it's not like he's 90 years old, but obviously like Mackenzie's kind of able to live her life and be more independent because her sisters she has a brother too but I feel like it's probably mostly her sisters of course and I think the oldest sister of course the oldest daughter usually takes on this role are doing that for her so that was it for Mackenzie I hope to see her and Josh fighting this season (laughs) she's really on her high horse on the internet that her and Josh have an incredible relationship and I'm just like probably not Probably not. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll talk about somebody else. Okay, let's pop on over to Caitlin and Tyler. So Caitlin is pregnant, as we know, and they are going to find out the sex of the baby. Uh, She's doing like an at-home blood test that she then takes it to a lab and they find out and... As we know, they really want a boy. Here's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of their want for a boy offends a lot of people. And I understand it. But I also just don't like it just doesn't rile me up. Like, I don't think they treat the kids any differently because they're girls. I don't I think that they want to. I think it's fine that they want a boy. You know, like I get it. If I had three girls, I would want a boy too. If I had three boys, I would want a girl. I just, I understand the desire that we live in a gendered society and people want to experience raising one of each gender. Like I, I get that. I wish that wasn't true. And I would love to sit here and be like, oh my God, it so doesn't matter. Truly, I would never care what gender child I have. I could have six girls and be totally fine or six boys and be totally fine. I would fucking never have six children. But like, I I understand the want for that. Like, it's nice to be able to experience, for lack of better words, I would imagine, raising one of each or, you know, I, like I get it. I think that Tyler, um, I think Tyler... I think that he wants to recreate what he didn't have with a son. I think that he is really anxious to father a son because he didn't have a father. And I get that as well. I don't know. Like, I think that if the when the girls came, they were like, oh, you should have been a boy and like treated them like shit for being girls. And like, then I would be like, what the fuck? But I just... I don't see the huge deal in them being open about the fact that they want a boy. I will see constantly people on Reddit be like, that child is going to be devastated when they watch this when they're older and know that their parents wanted a boy. And I'm like, will they? I It's the same thing where like people always online get so upset when the moms will talk about abortion and like that they considered abortion and they're like, or they talk about how the kid was like by accident and how it's going to make the kids so upset. And I just, I feel like for most people that just isn't true. Like if I, I, it, I just think it has way more to do with like how you're raised. And if you feel loved and supported by your parents and you never feel like 
less than because you weren't a boy, then like you watch that and you're like, yeah, well, they wanted a boy, but it wasn't. So who cares? I think that if they treat her shitty and they're bad parents and they raise her poorly, then that could be upset, upsetting. But I think that would have more of a more of a reflection on their parenting and less of a reflection on the fact that they wanted a boy. I just like I just don't see a huge deal in it. I we live in a world that is quite binary, right? And it's quite gendered. And in reality, like there is probably nothing that Tyler would do with his son that's any different than his daughter's, right? Like in reality, it's not that way, but I get in his head and in Kate's head why they want that. Um, I won't beat them up for it. And even at the end when they were like, they find out it's a girl, they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Tyler says really sweetly, he's like, we're going to have another girl. Like, then they're hugging and kissing at the end. And it's like, they're not screaming and crying and being like, that's it. I'm going to go to an abortion. I mean, she's only eight weeks here. You know, it's not like she's like, I'm going to go abort this baby because it's a a girl, not a boy. Like, it's not like that, which is why I just find this all a little silly. Like, I just find it a little silly. I don't know. I think that they are fine. I think that they're going to have another one, though. I think they're going to, like, accidentally get pregnant again, right? Like, I don't think that this will be their last one. I think they will try again for a boy, but probably won't tell anyone they're trying again for a boy. And they'll probably have keep having girls. I think Tyler maybe only makes girls. <laughs> Oh, gosh. They actually seemed, the two of them, like, quite happy in this episode and, like, on the same page and together, which was nice to see. Like, as a couple, they seemed pretty in tune with each other this episode, which I don't always or even maybe often feel with Caitlin and Tyler. So I was definitely glad to see that. I think that this season started off on a good foot for them, honestly. I get it if the the boys stuff upsets you. Like, I do on a rational level, I do understand why people don't like that. I, it's just not, it's not something that pings for me. You know, it's just not, it's not, it doesn't work me up. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, if they act shitty, like through the rest of her pregnancy and talk about how much they hate that they're having another girl, like if they really are dwelling on it, then like, then my opinion is probably going to change. But as of now, I, I understand it would, I don't want to just pretend that we don't live in this incredibly gendered binary world. You know what I mean? And Caitlin and Tyler are not particularly educated, I would guess, on gender studies. So it it just it is what it is. <laughs> Kate looked good. Her hair looks good. Kate looks happy. That's the thing. Like Kate just seems to be doing so much better than she was that I like I almost enjoy watching her (laughs) I'm gonna need Caitlin and Tyler to talk about their IRS debt though I really am going to need that to happen we deserve to know what's going on with that like you owe a million dollars that's so much fucking money I deserve to know what's going on okay should we talk about Amber (laughs) yo Amber is fucking delusional what planet is Amber living on? Look, I understand that it's a producer's job, right, to like to get her to talk and not push back against her. And I feel like I'm usually quite fair about that. Like I I really feel like I'm a person 
not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep, <laughs> like that TikTok sound that's Gabby Hanna talking. Um, <laughs> Gabby Hanna, if you want to hear me talk about YouTubers, definitely subscribe to my Patreon. I'm going to do an episode on um the Charlie D'Amelio show on Hulu because that thing is fucking dark. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched. You probably have not. But if you have... um. It is so upsetting. The Charlie and Dixie are so fucking depressed. They hate their lives. And their parents are just like, I mean, we're just having fun. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so tough to watch. I. It's really hard to watch. And it really shows how fucked up it is to be famous, especially via social media and to be young. Um, but how did I get here? Uh, my. Oh, I feel like I usually am not upset by producer manipulation. I totally understand when production plays both sides. It's why I don't really get upset by Dr. Drew at the reunion because I understand his job is not to push back. He's never going to push back. I understand that producers are not there to be antagonistic, especially with somebody like Amber who will shut down and be like, no, okay, you want to be antagonistic with me? Then we're done. Like, I get that that's not their role, but listening to Amber talk with her producer in this episode was extremely hard. I think because Gary and Christina weren't going nearly as hard as they should have been. I think that without like without a contrasting opinion, it just feels too much, right? Like I'm like, they need to give like I need to I need a Greek chorus, I guess where they're like, everything Amber said is fucking ridiculous and here are all of the reasons she's a bad person and not getting that can be frustrating. (laughs) So basically it's Easter. Amber uh, is going to have James on Easter and she wants Leah to be there too. Um, She's talking to the producer and she's like, well, Leah probably won't come over. And she's like, you know, I, for a long time, I made up for lost time. Oh, no, she does a voiceover. And it's like, I went to prison and I, so you know, she did her whole spiel about how she went to prison. And then she goes, and then I made up for lost time. And things were really going great until I had my son, James, basically. We're including when I had my son, James. And now things have fallen apart. The fact that Amber can say with a straight face that she spent her post-prison years making up for lost time with Leah is wild. It's it's wild. And that shows like her absolute delusion. It shows how unhealthy she is, what a terrible frame of mind she's in. Um, It really worries me that I don't think she has anybody in her life that is pushing back against her. I think her mom occasionally does a little bit and then she like hangs up on her. For her to say that she spent all of this time making it up with Leah, making up to Leah, completely contradicts what she says almost immediately after. She pulls out a photo album to show Leah with the Easter Bunny. They're talking about how she's not going to bring James to Easter Bunny because of COVID, understandably. And she's like, well, look, she's like, I did stuff with Leah. I guess she just doesn't remember it. And it's like, yeah, because that was when Leah was three. You've been out of prison since Leah was five. Leah is now 11. I think, I think Bentley, or is she 12? I think Bentley just turned 13, right? He either just turned 12 or 13. So they were born in 2000. I don't know, actually. I can't do math at this exact moment. But the kids are old. Leah's 
between the ages of 12 and 13 at this point. So that's, you were, (laughs) she was only in prison for 17 months from when Leah was like three, I think she had three and a half to five. I think Leah just turned five when Amber got out of prison and that being Amber special that Princess and I recapped forever and a moon ago. I would, Maybe I should like re-go through some of those at some point. Just because it's been so long and so much has happened, I'd be very curious to see if my thoughts and feelings have changed on some of it, especially like the bean specials. Um, but when it comes to Amber, like she, Leah's 12, right? So Amber spent a, less than a year and a half in prison. So the large majority of Leah's life, Amber has not been in prison. And yet Leah does not feel that Amber has made any sort of effort to be a stable presence in her life. So the fact that she thinks that this is all relating to prison time just says everything that you need to know, right? And I'm not saying that time wasn't incredibly important for the development of Leah. That's a really critical time from three and a half to five. I'm not saying that, but like plenty of kids like don't see a parent for a significant amount of time at that point in their life and then have a great relationship with them because that parent is around. Like plenty of kids whose parents are in the military, right? That go on a year-long deployment from when they're three to four. Does that affect their bond with their parent? Absolutely. Of course it does because they're children. But if you're 13 and your parent your parent was on deployment from when you were three to four, but then they were there for every other moment, like you're most likely going to have a strong bond with them and not feel like you missed out on having a parent. It's like the fact that Amber doesn't get that she got out of prison, she immediately moved Madden, and she just ignores Leah. Like she wants all of the credit without doing any of the work. And I think that Amber would be a lot easier to tolerate if she had the capacity to be honest. I do not think Amber has like I I do not think she is constitutionally capable of being honest. I I really don't. I think that she has a view of the world as a result of her mental health issues that are mostly untreated as far as we know, and I think that what she says she believes to be true. And that's what's so frustrating about it. And that's almost the why like it's kind of hard to be I don't want to say it's hard to be mad at her because it's actually not hard to be mad at her. But in a lot of ways, like it's mostly sad to me because like it is sad to watch Amber sit there and be like, my daughter hates me. Like that is sad. And I know that she believes that to be true. And you guys know, I just find Amber to be like a deeply sad person in a way that's like really depressing. I am constantly worried about her self-harming like I I really worry about Amber and her life just seems so incredibly upsetting like I can't imagine living as Amber it's truly a nightmare so like I am sad for her on that level and the thing that fucking sucks is that like she could get better she could treat her mental illness and probably be a lot happier. But the reason she doesn't treat her mental illness is because of her mental illness. And that is an incredibly hard battle to fight, right? Like that is so difficult when the thing that you need to treat is the thing that's preventing you from treating it. Like it's really hard 
to fix that. It's really, really hard to fix it. And that's why I have empathy for Amber, despite the fact that she's a pretty bad person. (sighs) You know what I mean by that. The thing is, though, she's also she's cruel. Like it's not she's malicious with her intentions. Like she it's not she's abusive, obviously. Oh, oh, I forgot to talk about this. So a couple weeks ago, Andrew posted on his story something like, I can't believe she would hit her baby boy. Now, he didn't use her name. He didn't use James's name, but it's obvious what anybody reading that post would think, right? Remember, they're not allowed to talk about Andrew or James on social media. They're not allowed to talk about each other on social media, as far as I understand. Um, So Amber filed a contempt of court and is also asking for primary custody, which like, LOL. (laughs) Uh, We haven't heard a response from Andrew yet. I'm assuming that they are going to, at least as far as the response of the custody situation, I have a feeling they're going to respond showing every single visit that she's missed like they did last time. And I would assume it's been quite a lot of visits because that's what Amber does. Um, Andrew, why he would post that is truly beyond me. It's so fucking easy not to post on social media about stuff. It is so incredibly easy. (laughs) And he, Andrew like holds all of the power. And so when he makes these idiotic mistakes, it's like, what are you doing? I mean, Andrew's not a good person either, right? Like Andrew has those stalking charges. I believe that Andrew's Amber's victim in domestic violence, but he also has a lot of abusive traits himself and they come out sometimes. Um, apparently the baby had like a, a cold sore. I don't really understand. Amber, I guess, is saying that he had a cold sore. I guess that Andrew's going to claim that cold sore is Amber hitting him. Um, Amber said that she's like devastated that anybody would ever think that she would hit a child. And to that, I say, why wouldn't you hit a child? Why why would we think that you wouldn't hit a child? We've watched you punch people in the face on television. You went after your son's father while he was holding your son with a machete. You repeatedly beat that son's father in front of the baby. Um, I think that when somebody is abusive towards other adults, it is quite believable that they'll be abusive to children eventually. Like what what's Amber going to do if Leah really bucks to her? I think that Leah's an incredibly lucky position and that she does not live with Amber and that she will probably never really be physically in a position in which Amber could get her hands on her. Um, I like it because if Leah's unhappy with Amber, Leah just doesn't see Amber, right? Like, and when she sees her, it's like usually Gary's around or Christina is around. It's very rare that Leah is alone with her, but she has James alone now sometimes. And I wouldn't be surprised to hear she hits that kid. Um, and the older he gets and he mouths off to her, why wouldn't he hit? Why wouldn't she hit him? If she's willing to hit her partners, then why wouldn't she hit a kid? That Like, it's that simple. And it's, I do know that there are domestic violence situations in which the abuser is physically abusive towards the parent and not the other parent and not the children and never is physically abusive towards the children. I, I know that is possible. And so it's possible that Amber will never hit the kids, but it, it's a perfectly reasonable belief 
that Amber would hit her children. Now, obviously, Andrew shouldn't be saying that on social media because he's not allowed to say that on social media. But the idea that Andrew has in some way defamed her is quite ridiculous. <laughs> like, That's you. That's your character, Amber. Like, that's that's on you. Okay, so basically this whole episode is that Amber is so sad that Leah won't see her. She gets on FaceTime with her mom and they're talking about like how for Easter, Amber and James are going to go over there. And Tanya's like, well, is Leah going to come? And Amber's like, well, no. And you know what Leah said was really hurtful. Now, remember, this is when Teen Mom, like last season was airing is when they're filming. I'm not really sure why they're not actively talking about that because they often do, right? Like they often will be like an episode aired. Do they do that? In my head, they do that. But now I'm like, maybe they don't do that. I don't know. But they should be doing that because that's why Amber got on Instagram Live because she was so upset about what happened on that episode. And that's where she heard Leah say that like Amber is not my mom and that she's never been a mom to me. So that's what is sparking all of this. But they're not giving us that context for some reason. I'm not really sure why. But Amber says that, you know, what Leah said, it was really hurtful to me. <laughs> Once again, me, 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 me. Because that's the only person that matters. Amber is the only one that matters. What Amber's feeling, what Amber's doing, what Amber's going through. Amber, Amber, Amber. And I'm not saying that she's not allowed to be hurt by what Leah said, because I'm sure it did hurt. But once again, that's not the way a healthy person would be discussing the situation. I mean, realistically, a healthy person wouldn't be in this situation. But let's say that Amber had made a lot of progress and she wanted to talk about this in a way that was more productive. What she would say is, it really hurts me to know that Leah has that like that I have made myself seem that way to Leah like it she needs to take ownership of it is what I'm saying um I'm trying to like figure out exactly how I want to word that but for her to be like what Leah said really hurt me instead of being like I'm really upset that I put Leah in this situation that she now thinks that way or it's really upsetting to me that my actions have made it so my daughter feels that way about me or that my daughter perceives me to be that way or that I act that way towards my daughter. There's absolutely no ownership over her side of it because I don't think she sees her. Like, I don't I don't think she sees it like that. I don't think that she's lying. You know what I mean? Like, I think that this is truly the way that she perceives the situation that Leah is hurting her, which is why, and I definitely talked about this on the podcast when last season was on. I think that Leah needs to come off the show because I think that Gary is putting her in a really unfair position that I don't think Leah is quite mature enough to understand. But Amber is an abuser, right? And she has been neglectful towards Leah. I don't think she's like actively been abusive emotionally towards Leah, though I would imagine she probably had wicked fights with Matt in front of Leah. So who fucking knows at this point? But I don't think Leah gets like the direct wrath of Amber a lot. Once again, because I don't think she's physically in a position for that to happen. But Leah saying on television that Amber is not a mom to me and that Christina is my mom. It's the truth. But like 
Leah is not mature enough to understand that that is going to set her abusive mom off. And that saying it on camera only like puts Leah in a really scary situation. Does that make sense? Like Leah is speaking the truth. Leah has every right to speak the truth. But I do think there's something to be said about letting your child speak about their abusive parent on television like that, knowing that then their parent is going to attack them. Like, I don't believe that the only thing that Amber texts Leah is, I love you. Like, I don't think that to be true. I think Amber gets on her phone and texts Leah and says some shit. And the older Leah gets, the worse it's going to get. So I wish that Gary had the foresight to be like, Let's not have Leah talk about Amber on the show, not out of protecting Amber, because once again, everything Leah said was true. It is her truth. She deserves to have her truth validated. She deserves to be able to speak her truth. But I think that Gary needs to be protecting Leah from Amber. I don't I don't think that Leah quite understands the weight of her statements, like the weight that Amber takes on those statements and like how reactive Amber is, um, Gary does, or he should. Gary and Christina should. And so they should be stepping in to not have Leah say those things directly on camera. Now, are they going to do that? No, because they need the team mom check and they bring drama. I mean, that that's just the fucking truth, right? So who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? But that's why Amber's so upset. Uh, she says that you know, Tanya starts to cry while on their phone and Amber says she's getting the feeling that Gary and Christina are keeping Leah for me. Girl, Leah's 12. She's not being kept from anywhere. Leah is old enough that if Leah wanted to go hang out with you, she would go hang out with you. Leah has her own cell phone. You said right here, like you are the one that's texting her all the time and Leah just straight up does not answer her. Leah's not being kept from shit. But Amber is a has a lot of narcissistic traits and will never think of anybody but herself. So all she can think about is that there's no way her actions have done anything. So it must be Gary and Christina that are causing this. <laughs> because if she thinks like that, then she doesn't have to acknowledge anything that she's done. She keeps saying shit like Gary and Christina are talking to her. They're putting things in her head. I'm not saying a 12-year-old can't be influenced because I they definitely can. And there are definitely inappropriate things that you can say about someone's parent in front of them when they're 12. But like Leah has made her own opinion. <laughs> Leah has formed her own opinion. And it's all based on Amber's behavior. Oh, God, I feel so fucking sad for Leah watching this. I feel so sad. So Amber goes live on Instagram <laughs> and Christina, they show us a scene of Christina getting back from school. Remember, she's in nursing school of some sort. I don't know if she's going to become an RN or BSN or just like an LPN. I don't, I don't really know exactly, but she's in some sort of nursing school, which is great. Great idea. I think they probably see the writing on the wall that the show is. Ha- I mean, look, since this podcast got started, I was like, I think Teen Mom's going to get canceled next season. So we'll probably be 80 and still watching Teen Mom, but they have to know at any moment like this shit could get canceled. So the fact that she's finally, they're finally taking that seriously, that's good. Uh, Christina said that she had 61 messages about the live. Oh, God. And Gary's like, well, and he's right, but I, I don't know. I think that Gary, like, just 
doesn't know what to say in these situations. You know, he says to her, like, you know, it's not personal, right? Like, it's just because you're in this position, it wouldn't matter who it is. And that is true. Um, I wish that in this conversation, Gary would think, I mean, I, I don't know, because Christina doesn't do anything to set Amber off like this. Like, Amber sets herself off based on her perceptions, right? So, I mean, Gary's right. Like, this is Amber. This is not Christina. Um, We go and see Amber. She's in a hotel room in downtown Indy, as she keeps saying, because <laughs> she's going to have a little staycation. And the producer comes in and she's like, so I, I, I heard you went on Instagram. And Amber goes, I did a little bit. I deleted it. It was just for my fans, but it got blasted everywhere. And if you guys don't like the truth, sorry, which, of course, it's just classic Amber, right? Like, well, one, the idea that she went on Instagram Live just to speak to her fans is it's nonsensical. It is truly nonsensical. Amber, shut the fuck up. You know for a fact when you go on live that it's always going to get blasted everywhere. Once again, I've talked about this. It's really upsetting to me that Amber has no one in her life. And so she goes on Instagram live for validation from her fans. (sighs) That's, that's tough. That's really tough. She's not, she doesn't have any sort of support. Reaching out to fans to validate her is upsetting. But her being like, I just told the truth. I would guess in about three to four episodes, she's going to be walking this back, but she's still mad. So she says she's trying to call Gary and Leah both and they won't answer her messages. Yeah, because you got on Instagram Live and talked about her mother and his wife. <laughs> that because These are consequences of your own actions, Amber. But she's never at fault for anything. It's always somebody else. And she's like, I know it's... Oh, so the producer is like... They're talking about the fact that Amber is texting her all the time. Leah's never texting her back. And the producer is like, well, you know, it's like it's good that you keep texting her even though you don't don't get answers because she knows that you're reaching out to her, which to that I say, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think that's correct. But Amber's like, well, you know, I know what's going on with Leah. I know who's in her head. It's other people. And it's like you're in her head, bitch. So the producer says you know, I just want you to be close with Leah again. And without missing a beat, Amber goes, we are close. Girly, what? Who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, The end of the episode is Amber crying, saying she doesn't know why she's being treated this way and she won't give up on Leah. Oh, gosh. Good golly, Miss Molly. Okay, let's talk about Macy who basically they're just recapping the reunion fight. Now, Jen and Larry are in this episode. I thought all of the Edwards got fired. What's going on here? Didn't the news of them being fired come out like when, right when the reunion was filmed? I swear that's what happened. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe it came out when the reunion was airing. I guess they're not fired yet. Or are are Jen and Larry going to continue to film? I'm a little confused. I'm a little confused as to what's going on with that because Mackenzie and Ryan weren't in this episode, but Jen and Larry were twice, I believe. I don't know. I feel, even though this is (laughs) much like Amber, uh, Jen is really reaping the consequences of her own actions, but I feel sad for her. I do. I, 
I think Jen just like doesn't know how she got here. You know, she's like so, so confused and so upset. She's crying. I'm sorry. I just like always have a lot of empathy for Jen. She just I feel sad for her because I think that she doesn't have a lot of insight into herself and Ryan. And so she like doesn't understand what's going on here. Uh, Larry says some bullshit about the fact that, you know, he's we gave him a lot of stability and security here, which is not untrue. And he goes, you know, one day when he's older, he's going to see that Ryan really wasn't as bad as they made him out to be. (sighs) Once again, Bentley is 13 years old. (laughs) Bentley's going to be in high school soon. He, he knows his dad. The thing with Jen and Larry is like, you two are the ones that raised Bentley when Ryan was not there. Like the reason that Bentley was at your house all of the time and that you are so fucking close to Bentley is because Ryan was such a piece of shit that he was never around. (laughs) So how are you going to sit here with a straight face (laughs) and act like you just like happen to have this magical bond with Bentley and Ryan is also great? No, it's nuts. It's so nutty. Their inability to like say anything about Ryan. Ryan, by the way, gave an interview that said he's three years clean. Um, um, uh, three years clean. I am not so sure I believe that. <laughs> I think he even said clean from everything. Um, I, I would be curious to know what Ryan's definition of clean is. Um, and if it is true that he is clean from everything and he's totally sober or whatever I would say that it doesn't really matter because he still seems like a piece of shit (laughs) good like I'm glad for the sake of your other children that you live with that you're not an active heroin user like that that's good I'm glad for anybody that's no longer an active heroin user I I genuinely hope that's the case because if it's not Ryan's gonna die soon or die way before he should because that's what happens to heroin addicts. They die or they go to prison um, for a significant amount of time. But a lot, most of them die. It's just the reality. I've talked about this before. Um, Ryan has a terminal illness. So, like, for as far as that goes, like, I hope that he's not been doing heroin for three years. Do I think that's accurate? No. <laughs> I hope it is. I I just think that it doesn't really matter that much because if Ryan is clean and this is how he acts, it's like, ugh, poor kids. <laughs> In a way, it's almost better if he's using because then at least we can blame his behavior on that. This is just him being an asshole. <laughs> so the other big part of their segment is that Taylor is, he's not feeling regretful for the things he said to Jen and Larry at the reunion. It's not that he regrets the things that he said, but he said his goal going into the reunion was to not make things worse for Bentley. And he's like, and I did not succeed at that. I thought that Taylor was, I mean, I was impressed with Macy and Taylor in this episode. I thought that they were really spot on, you know, like they, they acknowledge that it, it wasn't really Jen and Larry that they were super angry with that they're mad at Ryan and Taylor says Ryan's too much of a coward to sit on that couch. Um, They do say that like they're obviously extremely frustrated that Jen and Larry protect him 
uh, Taylor's like, you know, in the seven years that I've known you, you've worked so hard to go out of your way to make sure that Bentley has a relationship with Jen and Larry. So for them to sit and protect Ryan and trash you is just such bullshit. I totally agree with him. But I am glad to see him acknowledge that, like, I kind of think the fight needed to happen as far as where we are in the teen mom world, right? Like, it was a nat, it was coming. It was a long time coming. Honestly, the fact that this hasn't happened before, I think, says a lot about Taylor. The fact that he hasn't gone in like this before, and Macy, honestly. But, for Taylor to acknowledge that like this was not good for Bentley I think is really good um I will say though I think that this is missing the greater context of the fact that being on this television show is not good for Bentley <laughs> so it's like a daily and a dollar short on this apology but I I do think it's good he apologizes directly to Bentley he says you know I don't want you to feel like you can't be with Jen and Larry. Like, I so want you to have a relationship with them. I don't want you to have to think about that. And he's like, and I know I made things harder for you, so I apologize for that. And he said, I just, like, I have to let you know that, like, as I can only, he said, as the man of this house, which, like, I roll to that, but whatever. He said, as the man of this house, like, I can only sit there for so long and watch people push my wife before I have to say something. And I think that that, is a really honest thing to say to Bentley because that's what happened, right? Like, did he... That's what happened. Taylor is pretty good at keeping his cool. And he didn't really go in until he really seemed to be defending Macy. And he's always been pretty good at staying out of it and letting Macy handle it. But he's right. Like, he can only go so long before he sticks up for his wife and the mother of his children. And I think that's a good lesson for Bentley to learn. Like, that's how healthy relationships are. Now, I'm not saying that, like, you should be encouraging your children to fight, like, physically fight for their partner. But I don't think it's bad for children to learn about anger from their parents. Um, I think it's honest. I think a lot of parents kind of do their kids a disservice in some ways when they never fight in front of them never show anger like I think you have to have like a healthy balance of both you know what I mean so that kids can learn how to regulate it and I think it's okay for Bentley to learn that it's okay to stick up for your family and that you're a like that you shouldn't do it if you don't have to and that after you do it it can have negative effects I don't know. I just I, I was glad to hear them acknowledge that. I was glad to hear them like they didn't make a huge deal about it. Taylor wasn't like sobbing. He was just telling Bentley the truth. I think they have done a really good job at keeping it um, age appropriate for Bentley with the way they talk to him about the relationships between the Edwards, because I think Bentley is clearly old enough to know. Right. Like Bentley's probably fucking streaming these episodes on his iPad in his room. Like Bentley knows what's going on and lying to him or like refusing to talk to him about it won't benefit him. Um, I think it can also be really like invalidating if you refuse to tell like you refuse. It's almost like gaslighting your kid. Right. Like when they know this shit is going on and you're like, no, everything's fine. Like that that messes with the kid's head. So I don't I was glad to see this. I thought 
made a lot of sense. I liked it. There was also a very cute moment where Macy picks up Maverick and Jade and Maverick goes, Mama, can I say hi to MTV? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, they can hear you. And then one of the producers like, hi, Maverick. It was really cute. What a cute little kid. All right. Let's talk about Cheyenne, who, okay, I'm going to be honest here, guys. I just watched this episode before recording, so all fucking week long, I was seeing what a piece of shit Cheyenne is, how Cheyenne is evil for the way that she treated Zach. Look, do I think Cheyenne was in the right in this fight? No. Do I think Zach's the one that fucking escalated it and picked a fight over truly no reason? Yeah, I do. I also don't think that Cheyenne left him on the side of the road. He, she left him with production. Like, that's so dramatic. Like, she she wasn't... I, I saw a lot of people being like, I had a partner, leave me on the side of the road. It's so abusive. And it's like, yes, that is true in most contexts. I'm not saying that's not true. But, like, if you and your spouse or your partner or whatever are screaming at one another in the car and there is an option to end the fight for that moment and for both of you to safely remove yourself from that fight, I don't think that's a bad idea. Like, I just don't. But basically what happens is Cheyenne has a doctor's appointment. Uh, Zach has not been able to go with any of her appointments because of COVID, which has been hard for him, which I get. And basically the whole time he's like, are you going to have an ultrasound? Are you going to have an ultrasound driving over there? And she's like, I don't think so. And he's like, okay, if you have an ultrasound, please FaceTime me. Please FaceTime me. Now, I don't really know why they didn't just have him on FaceTime the whole time if it was that important to him. But for whatever reason, they didn't. Um, she goes in and MTV is listening via the mic. Like she's not on the phone with MTV. MTV can hear her. Zach heads into the bathroom and as he's in the bathroom JC remember JC who when he was Kalen's producer JC is Cheyenne's producer now I guess um when Zach's in the bathroom they hear the heartbeat real quick and JC's like oh shit like I wish Zach was here so he could hear it he's missing it so Zach comes back out and JC like casually says like oh we we heard the heartbeat real quick like we wanted you to hear it but you went to the bathroom and you missed it and Zach gets fucking mad Cheyenne comes out and he's like, well, why didn't you call me? And she's like, wait, what? Like, you can tell Cheyenne is very caught off guard by Zach Sanger at this. She's like, huh? Like, what? what? Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, what do you mean? I, she just did it really quick. Like, we didn't have an ultrasound. We were talk. the doctor and I were talking and really quick, she like pulled up the heartbeat and that was it. It happened for like a minute. Like, there was nothing to FaceTime you about, which... If they if he wants to hear the baby's heartbeat, they can get a fucking Doppler machine off of Amazon. I just I I like if he wanted to hear the whole appointment, they should have just had him on FaceTime the whole time. I think he was obviously like I think he maybe felt embarrassed in front of MTV and the cameras or something. He starts going in on Cheyenne and he tells her to shut up first. I don't know if at least I'm pretty sure he tells her to shut up first and then she starts screaming. Now, am I saying that Cheyenne was in the right to scream her head off the way she did? Of course not. <laughs> of course she wasn't. Do I think that Cheyenne has some major anger issues? I absolutely do. Remember when she like snapped on her sister for truly no reason last season? Um, I think that she's also pretty spoiled and her parents kind of let her act any way she wants. <laughs> As we see a little later in the episode, I think that she they indulge her too much. Um, but I don't know. I don't think 
this fight was like, I, I don't know what I thought this fight was going to be. I thought Cheyenne hit him, which, by the way, she like, ha- remember when they got into that fight at that pool party when her dad was there and she was like wearing the thong bathing suit and she hit Zach like or she swung at Zach. Like, so I was like, oh, I guess Cheyenne hit him and then like kicked him out of the car, <laughs> and, like sped away, leaving him stranded. Like, I don't know what I thought, but I don't I think that Zach started the fight. And he unnecessarily picked a fight with her over feeling embarrassed or like his feelings being hurt. He like went at her and started digging. And then I think Cheyenne was just had such a totally inappropriate overreaction to his feelings. Like, I think that she if Cheyenne was a nicer person, she would have been like, "Okay, hold on. Hold on. I am really sorry. I, I get it. You're upset. MTV heard it. I get it. Like, I truly did not do that on purpose. Like, it was just a second long. I honestly, it didn't even occur to me to pull out my phone. But I understand why that hurts you. Because that's what Zach's saying, right? Like, I'm not even, I think what Zach's saying is like, you don't even take me into consideration in these things. And Cheyenne could have been like, hey, okay, so how about, so this doesn't happen again. I just have you on speakerphone the entire time or FaceTime the entire time I'm in the appointment. And then we don't have to worry about this again. Like, I think that Cheyenne could have stopped this, but instead she escalated it like tenfold, which is very bad. But I'm just saying, I thought that this was way different. I don't know. I don't know what I expected going into it, but it wasn't this. I think that Zach was being an asshole for truly no reason. Truly no reason. And then I think that Cheyenne so overreacted. It it was nuts. It was nuts the way that like how mad she got. It was totally like in out of proportion to Zach's anger. It was totally out of proportion. Um, But I don't think her leave making him get out of the car was a bad idea. Actually, I think that if you are in the car screaming at one another, you and your partner are both screaming at each other in which they were and you can safely diffuse that situation. It's good to do that. Because it's, like I said, she was like, get out and have production drove him. Like, the producer stopped to talk to him. Like, she was not leaving him on the side of the road. She's just like, I need you out of this situation, which I don't think was a bad idea considering how hard they were screaming at one another. First of all, it's really fucking dangerous to drive and scream like that. It's really dangerous. Oh, gosh. I just... They both were being so irrational and this could have so been avoided if they just like had a plan beforehand. And if Zach really wanted to be part of every part of that doctor visit, he could have. Uh, It's just so stupid. So Cheyenne goes to her parents. She's really fucking upset, like really upset. And Zach comes to get the key to the house and Cheyenne's stepdad comes out and he's like, can I just talk to you real quick? Zach to Cheyenne's stepdad. And he's like, I don't even know what happened. Like, I've never seen her act that way. I don't even understand what just happened. Um, Then Margaret, Cheyenne's mom, comes out. And this is what I mean by, like, Cheyenne's a spoiled little baby. They were like, she's pregnant. It's You know how the hormones, the hormones just being like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I was like, okay, it's not fine. Like, it's not. (laughs) It's not fine. Like, I think they could have been like, look, we're not really sure what just happened, but like she just needs some time to cool down. I'll get the key for you. Talk to her later. But the fact that they were like full on defending her, I think is part of the reason that Cheyenne explodes like this would be my guess. Um, The episode ends with Cheyenne coming out of the house and screaming at JC, the producer, to stop filming. 
once again, is that great? No, but they seemingly have all screamed at the producers. So I don't know. I don't really care about much if the producers get screamed at, to be honest, every once in a while. Like they're working with unhinged people. Like that is what happens. We have seen all of them be like really unprofessional with the crew, basically. And I get it. Like she was at a really vulnerable moment and she didn't want to be filmed. And I would I can imagine being really upset that because when she was in the car, she turned off the camera. She took her mic off like she made it clear that she didn't want to film. And so I get why she was upset that they were filming at her parents. But once again, it's inappropriate. You're not allowed to talk to people that way. You should not talk to people that way. And it was a total out of proportion reaction to the situation. And that's what's concerning. I think it's not so much that Cheyenne gets mad. It's like how disproportionate I was saying out of proportion this whole time when I should have been saying disproportionate. It's how disproportionate to the situation it is. I just realized I haven't even talked about Young and Pregnant yet. Oh, my God. This episode is going to be long. I don't know what I'm going to do. I like I don't think I'm going to have time every week to take notes on both shows and recap both shows. I just I, you know, on top of like I said, I'm work school. I'm in an internship where I'm working 14 hours a week at the internship and I have to do uh, some of those hours like after work and on the weekends uh, because of my regular job with both the podcasts. I I just don't I don't know if I have time for that. So maybe I'll alternate and do young and pregnant one week and OG the next week. I don't know. We'll see. I know I always say this and then I always end up covering both. So we'll f- who fucking knows. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But like I said, look, was Cheyenne in the right? No, of course Cheyenne wasn't in the right. I just don't think it was as bad as I thought it would be based on the online reaction, which you guys know happens. And then I have um, like I react too softly. <laughs> I know that's something that I do because I like just I'm assuming it's going to be so bad and then it's not. All right, let's run through Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. Just talk about the highlights and everybody's segments. Yeah, maybe next week I'll do like a full you know what? Maybe next week I will because I'm just going to run through them now. So I think next week I will start with Young and Pregnant so that I can like really get into them because the reality is it's like I totally run out of energy by the end of it. That's usually why I would like like when I first started the show, I always did Janelle last because I like used all of my energy on her and then, <laughs> and then I ran out of steam and the first show I'm covering is going to get the bulk of my energy and I want to be able to give Team Mom Young and Pregnant the attention it deserves because we have been waiting so fucking long for it. So I'm going to do that. So yeah, that's the plan. Hopefully I remember this. Oh, by the way, I had this thought the other day and now it's coming to me as I say remember. But um, Amy and Chuck, who are two of my listeners, who I love very much, they were on Feathers in My Hair once. We did that sponsored episode many moons ago. It was their anniversary this week. So happy anniversary. I love you guys. I'm so happy for you. Their baby is one of the most precious babies I've ever seen in my life. I love her so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love when I remember things. I My memory has been so bad lately. It's Thankfully, I'm seeing my psychiatrist again this week. Um, As I said, I have had to, what's the word for it? I've had to, oh, my medicine is just all fucked up. I've like totally, it's totally been bad. I don't, I just don't know, like my memory's been bad. I think, 
I think I felt like this all the time before I got back on meds, but I didn't realize it because I hadn't been on meds so long. And now that my medicine's not working, um, I feel really fucked up. And my memory's been really bad. I fucking missed this chiropractor appointment this week. Just forgot about it, which is not something that I do. So, yeah, my memory has not been great, which is tough, but mm, it is what it is, right? Okay, let's start with Kayla, who is very clearly the star of this show. She's the one that opens the show. I'm so surprised Car- Carla, Kayla didn't get Teen Mom 2 over Ashley, honestly. I guess it's their families that kind of push them over. Maybe also they felt like Kayla's a grounding force to Young and Pregnant, which I definitely think she is in some ways. Um, she's the star of this. But her and Luke are doing really well still, and Isaiah is has no relationship with Stephen. Stefan? Stefan is his name. It's Isaiah's third birthday. We do get a clip of Stefan talking about how it's Isaiah's fourth birthday coming up. (laughs) It's not his fourth birthday. Um, Kayla basically is like, he texted me once asking if he could see Isaiah, and I said, no, he can take me to court if he wants to see him. And I was like, good for you, honestly. Like, Stefan has been so out of the picture. Isaiah does not know who Stefan is. He does not know that man. Like, I... Usually I'm like, maybe she should be giving him a chance, blah, 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 blah. But like Isaiah has a dad. His name is Luke, right? Like Luke does the day in and day out with him. He's been in Isaiah's life since he was a baby. And Stefan has met this baby like seven times since the kid was since the kid was like a month old. You know, besides that month that he lived with Kayla after he was born. I just he's such a piece of shit he's such a piece of shit Kayla was so stupid to have that baby with him there is um this season like a paternity question so maybe Stefan isn't even the dad wouldn't that be a blessing (laughs) although I don't know because if it's not Stefan it might not be a blessing because maybe that dad will want to be involved and not uh, the thing Stefan sucks but like at least he does just leave them alone most of the time you know and like let Luke play that role without much of a fit. The big drama of this episode is that at Isaiah's birthday, Stefan sends over a friend with a birthday gift. And they're like, what the fuck? So Kayla goes outside to talk to him. And the friend is like, well, you know, like, why? Why can't Stefan see his kid? And Kayla's like, yo, Stefan hasn't called me in a year. (laughs) She's like, I am not preventing him from doing anything he removed himself from this. Like, I I don't know why you just showed up here. Like, I don't know what's going on. This makes no sense. Then there's a really attractive to me moment. Luke comes out. Luke is very tall. Luke is cute. He comes out. He's so much taller than both Kayla and this friend of Stefan's. He puts his arm around Kayla and he's like, so you have something you want to say? (laughs) It's like, fuck yeah. Do not let someone come out and talk to your girlfriend that way. I really... kind of like how I felt with Taylor Macy at that reunion, you know, like I appreciate it when obviously there's a limit and there's some things that are inappropriate for the men to get involved. I'm saying the men because this is a female based show, right? The moms are the main characters, kind of like the real housewives. Sometimes it's nice when the husband gets involved and sometimes it's like you need to take a step back. This is not the husband's business. But I like I like that Luke came out and was like, nah, what we're we're not going to do is let Stefan's little friend sit here and like badmouth Kayla, who has done absolutely nothing wrong in this situation. And so Luke comes out, he puts his arm around Kayla, and then he kind of like stands up straight and is looking at this kid and he's like, 
so um what are you doing here (laughs) and the friend is like well what's wrong with Stefan seeing Isaiah and Luke is like what do you mean what is wrong with it he hasn't seen him in two years and now all of a sudden Kayla needs to like jump in to let him see him because he's ready Luke said you need to let Stefan know that the world does not revolve around him nobody is worried about him he said Isaiah is my son and if Stefan has a problem with me saying that and me raising my son then Stefan can come talk to me I was like that's hot as fuck Look, I don't think Luke is some perfect guy. He wasn't great when they moved to Iowa, wherever it was, which, by the way, they're back because of COVID. Like, he's not perfect. There's nothing perfect about Luke. But I just really like how good of a father he is to Isaiah. I do. I I want him and Kayla to get married and then for him to adopt Isaiah. I would like that to happen. Um, He seems in it for the long haul. He seems like a good dad. And I like that he didn't let just like some fucking random asshole come to his house and like grill Kayla about Stefan. <laughs> I would be like, could you just leave? Like, what are you doing? And I also really like that Luke was like, this actually has nothing to do with her. I'm. That's not really what he's saying. What he's saying basically is like, if Stefan has a problem with me being Isaiah's father, like he can talk to me. Like, this is not Kayla's fault. Like, this is not Kayla's fight to fight. Like, this is mine. And I was like, good for you. Good for you. Okay. Um, Let's talk about, oh, by the way, her mom grew her hair out and she looks really good. Maybe she got new glasses too. Like, something's going on and Jamie looks good. I'm happy for Jamie. They're living with Jamie. So I guess Jamie never ended up moving to Iowa. Honestly, I need to go back and rewatch, like, maybe the last two episodes of Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I have no memory of how those seasons ended. That was so fucking long ago. I I should go back and rewatch those. Okay, next up we visit in with Brianna, who is still living with her mom, but she is having a lot of drama with her mom. She Bree Bree really wants to just like be on her own, live her own life. She's in this hard situation where because she lives with her mom, her mom treats her like a kid and doesn't leave her alone. I don't know. I'm not so sure how much I believe Bree's side of the story here. Look, yo, Reddit hates Bree's mom. Jessica, they think she is the worst person to ever walk this earth. I have never understood the hate for her. Do I think she's like some incredible mom? No. Do I think she seems a little immature about stuff? Sure. Does it bother me that she makes Brianna pay rent and that she needs Brie to make rent? No, that doesn't bother me. They're poor. Like that, that's just the reality of the situation. She can't afford to take care of Brie and her son. So she needs Brie to chip in. Like, I've never understood that. I've never, I don't understand, like, the extreme hate for her. I think she just is, she just kind of, like, she's an, she seems to be an irresponsible person in some ways. Or not irresponsible, maybe, like, an impulsive person. She doesn't make the best decisions all the time. But they're not, they're not so bad. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just I don't really get it. There was a post that was like Jessica is the worst grandmother in this franchise. And it's like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) This is a show that has Deb on it. This is a show with Barbara Evans. This is a show with Susie Kale's mom. Like, what? (laughs) 
I don't know, guys. She just doesn't get under my skin like that. Um, I think that so basically Brie has this new best friend who has a husband and five children and her and Brayson are always over there uh, playing with them and she just wants to be on her own. I think that makes total sense. But I think Brie's having like teenager temper tantrums here. She said she was saving up for her own place and then COVID happened and she couldn't work because she worked in restaurants. Makes sense. Also, MTV stopped coming around. Brie is 21, but she's acting like a 16-year-old. You know what I mean? She's really acting like a 16-year-old where she's like, I just want to be on my own. I'm grown up. I want to be treated like a grown up. And when Jessica's like, well, you don't really act like one, I'm like, yeah, she doesn't. Like the minute Jessica sits down, Brie is rude to her and gets an attitude with her and is very cruel to her. Um, She has just no compassion whatsoever for Jess. And like, I believe Jessica is overbearing. I'm not saying that I think Brie is lying. Like, I believe that. She goes to, Brie goes to sister with, goes to sister, goes to lunch with her sister and her sister, you know how mom is, like, you just have to make the decisions. And I think I totally, so I, I get that and I get Brie's frustration, but there's something very immature the way that she goes about it that makes you feel like, okay, so like, if you want to be an adult, just act like one, you know, just like create that boundary with your mom act like it um I like I get it Brie wants to she's like well when I drop Brayson off for preschool like I want it just to be me not me and my mom and it's like yeah that makes total sense so make it happen don't just sit around complaining about it you know like move into your friends whatever I (laughs) I don't know Brie's not that likable to me, Brie has never been that likable. Remember, though, in season one when Princess and I, like, thought she was the sweetest person to ever exist? <laughs> Boy, were we wrong. So I guess that's going to be the conflict this season. Brie trying to, like, grow up on her own and get out on her own. We'll see what happens. Okay, so the beavers are back. Um, Rachel is doing okay. She has pink hair. Sometimes it's blonde and talking heads. She's like in her full Harley Quinn style. (laughs) She's doing the double pigtails, the crazy makeup, drawing a star on her face. I'm like, okay, Rach, you do that. Uh, she's taking care of Hazley. We didn't get a mention of Emerson. Is that her name? Emerson? Emerson or Mallory this episode, which, you know, Mallory is the star of the Beavers. I noticed Stephanie moved or it looks like she moved into a nicer place. She has a nicer couch. Glad to see it. Happy for Stephanie. Um, Drew, Hazley's father, is coming around again. And Rachel is like obsessed with helping him. She's like, because I didn't have my dad in my life. I want Hazley to have her dad in her life no matter what. And I will absolutely never tell Drew that he can't come around. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) I don't think that's the healthy course correction to take here. Like, I don't think that's that's what you should take away from your childhood. You know, like, I, I don't think that's it. But she Drew is an I guess he's an alcoholic. I don't know. They don't say exactly what his issue is, I don't think. But they keep saying that he's partying a lot. And she's like, Drew just wants to get better. And Stephanie's like, Drew just wants to fuck you. (laughs) Rachel's convinced that Drew isn't into her. He just has nobody in his life. So he's coming to her for like moral support. He wants to go to rehab. um, But he doesn't stop hanging out with his addict friends. And Stephanie's just like, okay, sure, sure, sure. And the episode ends with Drew 
getting a really bad car accident. He gets a DUI and he goes to jail and he almost like rolled the car into a house. Thank God he didn't hurt anybody. Rachel's like, well, yeah, I'm going to go put money on his books. He shouldn't have to starve. Like, Stephanie's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I wonder if they can get MTV to pay for Drew to go to rehab. They should. I feel like if you have ever been filmed once for any Teen Mom show, MTV should be obligated for you to pay to go to rehab at least once. You know? Like, send Drew to rehab. Give little Hazley a chance. Rachel's bright pink hair is a lot to take in. (laughs) Just like she's in bright pink hair, bright pink eyeshadow up to her eyebrows. Like, it's a lot to look at. (laughs) I'm excited that the Beavers are back. I'm looking forward to seeing them more this season. Okay, you know who I don't want on this show? Who I do not like on this show? Kaya. I, I was not happy to see Kaya back. When she came on screen, I was like, ugh. I forgot how much I don't like her segments the energy in her segments is just so bad those eyelashes are so much to look at um her and Tiaza are like still fighting I think that if Tiaza wasn't in the segments I probably wouldn't be so upset about it I don't know I actually like Tiaza way more than Kyla way more I like Kyla's mom I like Kyla's sister I think Kyla is just like I don't know what it is like watching her it, she, I don't know. It's it's not just like, oh, I don't like Kaya because, you know, I don't like any of these people. Like, it's not that. There's something really unenjoyable about watching her on TV that I don't quite have my finger on. But, you know, the way that she's treating Tiaza, basically, Tiaza and her are broken up, but Tiaza's coming over every day to help with more. And to that, I say, Tiaza, what the fuck are you doing, girl? That is not your baby. You have no legal connection to that baby. Go away from that baby. I understand you love that baby, but this is not serving you. This is not making your life better in any sort of way. You need to break up with Kaya for real. Get away from Kaya. Get away from that baby. Is it sad? Yeah, but it's going to be worse. Like the older he gets, the worse it's going to be and the harder it's going to be. And that... If you are not the legal parent of a child and you are 17 years old and you are in an abusive relationship with that child's parent, bye-bye, kid. Like, you need to get out of that. It's remember um with Bree and Dan when I believe he's going by the name Dan now, but when Dan went to see uh, his mom and his mom was like, I just don't understand why you're playing house and like, you're taking on the responsibility of a baby that's not yours. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, why are you doing that? You're young. Now, I know I just said, like, I like it with Luke and it's nice to watch with Luke, but like Luke is in a healthy relationship with Kayla by all accounts, right? Like he and Kayla seem happy. They are living together. They have a child together legally. They have a child together and they seem to be doing well. So, yeah, of course, he's going to parent Isaiah because he's also parenting his son or excuse me, his daughter that lives with them. But somebody like Tiaza, who's just getting like the shit rocked out of her, like just screamed at every moment of every day by Kaya. It's like, don't connect yourself to some baby that could get taken away from you in a second. There was a YouTube couple. Their names are Chrissy and Dom and they're lesbians they were not married 
and Dominique had baby Dominic. I think they called him Wick, baby Wick. I actually haven't checked in on Dom and Christine in quite a while. I did see that Dom went from like butch to femme, which is interesting, but I haven't like really deep dived on them in quite a while. But they were together when Dom got pregnant. Chrissy was in the delivery room. She was Chris. She was little Wick's primary caregiver for the first year of his life. They did not get married and they did not. She did not legally adopt Wick. And so when Dom and Chrissy broke up, Dom took that baby away from her and Chrissy was no longer allowed to see that baby. And it was devastating for her. But like, that's what happens. That's why you have to be careful putting yourself in situations like this. And I just that's what's going to happen to Tiaza. Um, So apparently, like, Kaya is now making this big thing that if her if Tiaza wants to date someone, she has to let Kaya know. And if she doesn't, like, Kaya will lose all respect for her and Tiaza will be the grimiest person that Kaya knows. And Tiaza's like, but I'm single. I don't get it. It's like, Tiaza, come on. Stop being such a martyr. Stop going over there. Stop letting Kaya dictate your life like this. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know. Their scenes are distressing in a way that I can't quite explain. I I think it's because I just really do not like Kaya as a person and I like Tiaza. So it's like really hard to watch the main character of this segment like beat up on verbally beat up on the person that I do like. I, I would be fine with them not returning. I'm kind of surprised they returned to be honest. I feel like nobody really cared that much about them. Okay, and let's bring it on home with Madison, the anti-vaxxer. Now, if you'll remember, I covered her 16 and pregnant on Feathers in My Hair. She had a great 16 and pregnant episode. She was raised by a single dad. Her dad built her a little tiny house to live in. Her daughter's named Camille, which is the best teen mom baby name, I think. I love the name Camille. It's such a pretty name. Um. Madison is a hard worker. She's working a ton. She wants to move out of her small town and she's trying really hard to break up with her baby's father, Christian. They're not together, but I think that Christian is the type that like begs to come over to see the baby. And then when he gets there, like is trying to hook up with uh, Madison and she just can't deal with it. So she Christian comes over and Madison is basically like, I just don't want to talk to you anymore. And She's like, you know, I tried so hard. I would let you come over here and then you would just play video games the whole time. And Christian is like, you know why I played video games, right? Because I I just didn't know how to deal with anything. And then I got really addicted to the video games. But like, it's better now. (laughs) Madison was not here for that. (laughs) She did not want to hear that. She was like, I just don't want to talk to you. Um, So apparently that's like her and Christian's final breakup or that's what they're making it seem like who really knows this guy seems like such a loser Madison is working really hard she's raising that baby on her own and it's very surprising and unlike teen mom to actually see one of these moms be like I want nothing to do with this deadbeat I'm going to support myself like get out like get out of my life I don't want you here I don't want to deal with you so in a way that's interesting to watch it's a plot twist although she does say she's like Camille doesn't need a dad I don't have a mom and I'm fine except earlier in the episode she's like I don't know how to mom like I don't know how to be a mom because I never had a mom so it's really hard to figure it out on my own which makes total sense so it's like Obviously, she's just saying this out of anger because she 
wants it to be true. But I like, look, if Christian is a loser and Christian doesn't want to parent little Camille, then like I'm all for Madison being like, you can't come around. I, I totally support that. But her just being like, it's fine. She doesn't need a dad is like, well, <laughs> she doesn't need a dad, but it would be nice if she had a dad. I don't know. There's something about her being like, I didn't have a mom and I was totally fine. It's like, okay, but like in your 16 and pregnant, you talked about how you weren't totally fine. In the beginning of this episode, you talked about how you weren't totally fine. So <laughs> Ugh. I, it, it is nice though to see one of these teen moms be like, no, fuck that. I don't I don't fucking care about that guy. I don't want to be with that guy. I want him to get away from me. I'm not interested in trying to make a family. That's so rare, right? That they're not like desperate to create a little family. She's like, I just want to move. Apparently Christian said that he was going to follow her wherever she went, <laughs> which is unnerving. I don't know. We'll be interesting to see Madison. Her dad seems great. Um, I'm sure he's an anti-vaxxer too. I mean, I guess you don't know, but I'm sure he is. Um, they're probably Trump supporters. Just based on me being judgmental and judging a book by its cover, I would assume they're Trump supporters. They just are very, I don't know. They'll be interesting to watch. I like them on their 16 and pregnant and I like to see a hardworking mom on this show because it's kind of rare not a lot of these women are hardworking, you know even when they like in the early days so yeah that's it that is team mom young and pregnant that's feathers in my hair for this week come on over to my patreon and if not i will talk to you next week bye this podcast is brought to you by solid listen network find me on instagram at feathers underscore pod